Good morning. Good to have everybody here today. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. I really appreciate those of you who've taken the time to be with us in person. And I hope that you've been blessed by your investment of not only the time, but again, the initiative of actually being here and participating with us. We also want to welcome those of you who are with us on, on our live stream on YouTube. We really appreciate you coming and taking the time to be with us. I want to, if you particularly are relatively new to us, point you to our webpage, www.ljchurch.org. A good place to go. A lot of things you can connect to very easily. Right there on the home page is a link to our Facebook page, which you'll have the opportunity to become involved in a dialogue with us, and I would encourage you to do that. But also you have links that will connect you to our Caring and Sharing, which is our weekly newsletter that we print and I hope that everyone that's here got a copy on your way in. Again, a number of things there that we won't be mentioning as a verbal announcement that we'll want to be sure that you're aware of and can, uh, can uh, keep in your prayers and also just kind of plan your calendar around. Coming up, oh well, I first of all want to be sure and remind you that during our service, just as we're not passing the communion elements from person to person, we also are not passing a collection tray, our giving back to the Lord process, and want to encourage you either to give online or there are box, a box back there for uh, our giving back to the Lord gifts, but there's also our bucket for our kids for cry, uh, kids gift, and encourage our children to continue to participate in that. Again, all those funds go to the Dominican Republic to help with the school children that are there that, that our missionary Joaquin supports want you to mark on your calendars. Um, you may or may not choose to participate. We'll have a sign-up sheet next Sunday. Uh, but we're going to be having a, a distanced and uh, safe protocol trunk or treat here on our parking lot. It's a great opportunity for our neighbors to come by. We particularly think it's important this year when probably a lot of folks aren't going to want to open up their homes. We're going to need candy. We're going to need lots of candy, and, we, and, and maybe you're not planning on handing any out at your door, so maybe you could think about making those contributions. There's a box back there for that. Also, just know that what we're going to be doing with it is, is we're going to be putting individual candy bags together that everybody will get a chance to just hand a bag so that we don't touch any of the things that the, the children will touch along that line. Everybody will be required to wear a mask if you're going to plan to be here. And we encourage you to maybe think about a trunk or treat theme that will be fun and uplifting rather than spooky and scary and those kinds of things. So think about uh, Saturday, October the 31st. We'll have a great time if you decide to show up here in person. And we would appreciate it if you would both pray that our neighborhood can be blessed by it, but also if you could make a donation of candy as well. Um, yeah, let's stand together as we begin our time of worship and turning to uh, the, the book of worship in our, in our Bibles called the Psalms. These are selected verses from Psalm 108. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is higher than the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And the whole church said, let's sing together. 
Stage two and praise kids can head to their classrooms and uh, limitless kids. No, yes, no limitless. Kids? No one's here. But praise two, uh, stage two and praise kids uh, are back there, ready, ready to go.
seated, please. The other day I was driving and uh, just listening to the radio and a song came on and it hit me uh, pretty hard, kind of hit me kind of deep and I just kind of wanted before my prayer to read the lyrics of this song. Again, it's just a modern song. Most of y'all have probably heard it and will we'll know it. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I'm falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours and I believe I believe what you say of me. <clears throat> the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. I find in, in, in you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. And you say I'm held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, you say I'm yours. And I believe, oh, I believe. What you say of me, I believe. Taking all I have now, I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God. You have every victory. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I believe, I believe what you say of me. Pray with me. Our glorious and wonderful Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your plan to send Jesus so we can be good enough. We thank you for the ways that you remind us of who we are and whose we are. We are so appreciative that you loved us and had a plan for us. I ask today that we work hard to show the love that you gave us to those around us. I pray that we show your love to those that are in need. Let us show your love to those that have been struck by disaster. Let us show your love to those that are sick and going through difficult times. Let us show your love to the ones who are lonely. Let us show your love to widows, orphans, and the elderly. Let us show your love to the ones who are seeking you. Let us be your hands and feet on this earth. Help us, Lord, to look to you to find our identity and worth. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Love divine, all love excelling joy. 
Good morning. I will be reading 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-11. through 11. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the, in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother loves in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He, is not, he does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Who makes your, who makes your picture? Who makes your picture? of the fellowship come to life. My guess is there's somebody probably in this church right now that makes the fellowship a reality in your life. They love you not because you have something to give them. They love you because God has asked them to love you. And they know that, that God wants to do great things with you. I can remember when I very first time I got here and and Y'all may not remember 12 years ago, but I, I had never preached on a week-in, week-out basis. And there was a, a woman who's no longer with us, Juana Cox, who just wasn't going to give up on me. And she kept encouraging me, and she kept lifting me up in prayer, as many of you did. And in that way, she was a personal manifestation of the fellowship that the church is called to be, and the church wants to, to show to each other so they become to witness in the world around us. I want to go back to my childhood, if you don't mind. Um, how many of you know what this is? This is a strange little thing. It's a snuff can. I'm sure that's what it is. At least that's the way it looks in your pocket. And people wonder, what in the world is the preacher doing with a snuff can in his pocket? But this preacher doesn't happen to carry a snuff can. He carries a pitch pipe around a fair bit. It's a pitch pipe. So you find the key of the song and you blow the note. And you may hear a song leader do something like that. We have them on our phones now and we touch them. There was a man in the church that I grew up in. His name was Osland White. He uh, was an enthusiastic person. But what he was most enthusiastic about was worship and leading singing and participating in the worship and song. He loved that. He was music did, musically talented anywhere that he went and anything that he did. He was one of those people that sat at a local kind of upscale restaurant and they had an organ and he would play the organ. So music was in his bones. But what he wanted to do was teach all of us young men how to lead singing. And so he would schedule individual time with us. Can your parents bring you? I have a feeling he prearranged this with our parents. You know, it wasn't just that can your parents. Uh, he knew the answer to what our parents is, were going to say. And the first thing he'd do is he would say, we're going to learn how to sing. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're gonna, I'm going to give you this and you're going to learn how to use it. I can promise you that not only myself, but many other young men learned to lead singing and learned, even if they didn't choose to be song leaders, they learned to sing with the church because of what Oslin White did. And what I know is that Oslin had a wonderful ear. He could pick out the tune, he could pick out the pitch anywhere, anytime. 
He didn't need a pitch pipe very often. And what I know is that us boys, when we were first learning to do it, had a really hard time picking up all those tunes and all those pitches and all those things. I don't ever remember him cringing, but I do remember him saying, well, that's close. You're almost there. And what he did was sacrificed of himself, sacrificed his time, sacrificed and gave of his talents and his gifts to pour into us. And yes, I'm, I feel like I can lead a song every once in a while. So I think at some level his seeds got planted in me and maybe they're producing fruit. But, you know, the real seed that took place in me is that Oslin thought I was worth investing time with me he wanted to be with me and he was for me because he wanted to get me to a place where I could become something of the leader that he felt like he was he was replicating himself in leadership in a lot of different ways my dad would organize a class every other year and invite the quote the young men which meant when I got to be in kindergarten, I was a young man. Until I was graduating from high school, I was a young man. And uh, he, he did a, a worship training kind of course. But it wasn't that individual attention. Not that my dad didn't give me individual attention. Oslin invested in us individually. Not as a class, not as a group. But he said, I want to invest in you. And in that, the reality of the fellowship came to my life and my heart, the love of God, the yes of God came into my life in a very unique and special way. Last week we talked about the fact that the fellowship is called to be a place for yes. Now, yes is Christ, but as the body of Christ we become his yes in each other's lives and in the world around us. This week, well, I want to proclaim to you that the fellowship is called to be a place for love. A place where love is manifested. A place where love is given. And a place where a special love exists inside this fellowship. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 uh, has a unique way of saying it. Paul is instructing the Thessalonians. Again, thought to be the earliest letter that we have of Paul's. And he will say several things about loving one another. But I like this one and I wanted to pick this idea out particularly. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow. And somebody says, Amen. And you say, well, wait a minute. I, th I, think, I think my love is pretty big already. And Paul says, I hope your love will increase and grow. And maybe the answer to the question is, is if we think we've kind of reached the end of all love needs to be, then we need to be reminded by Paul and therefore by the Holy Spirit that our love needs to grow and increase. But see, it's, it's particular. Paul says, your love needs to grow and increase for each other. Other translations will say, for one another. For the brothers and sisters that are part of the church here in Thessalonica. And that may have been several house churches or it may have only been one. But bottom line, he says, there is something about the love that those who know Christ should share with each other that is different from, because the next line, you see, I hope your love will increase and grow for each other and for everyone else. 
Now, I don't want you to hear me say that somehow or another when Christ says love your neighbor, all he meant was loving the church because that's not the case. But I do want to proclaim to you that both Paul and John, John will quote Jesus in his prayer in John chapter 13, love one another as I have loved you. By this they will know that you are my disciples. Now make no mistakes, Jesus' love is extended to everyone. And we, if we follow God, give love and kindness to, the, to everyone. God, God is quoted as, He sends His rain upon the good and the evil. It doesn't matter. He loves everyone. And we are called to love everyone. But when we talk about the unique nature of what the fellowship that Christ calls us to be is, then we have to find our way into a realization that the love that exists, not just between the people that come inside these walls, but with everyone who calls themselves a part, first of all, of the Lake Jackson Church of Christ, needs to be on a special list in our minds and our hearts. And we need to be able to go a little further and pray a little harder and do a little more with those people. I would say that that love for one another then should extend to everyone who believes in Christ and calls on Him as our resurrected Lord and Savior. Amen? This is not to say that we don't love outside of that circle, but there needs to be a special nature to the love that is inside of that circle. And we cannot absolutely cannot depend on the way the world defines love. The world talks about love all the time. The world wants to be sure that, that they put out a show on a regular basis that's about love. My wife likes one kind of show called the Hallmark Channel, and that's always talking about love, and it's always very sweet. It will always build up to, although we did note an exception. There was a kiss in the middle of the, of the Hallmark Channel, and I'm like, what in the world is that doing there? And, uh, and it's because it's all supposed to build up to the end in one very romantic kiss. But we can't depend on the world's definitions. Because the majority of the media that's out there doesn't portray love the way the Hallmark Channel does. Instead, the majority of it displays it as something very selfish, very self-centered, and very much about what can happen for me. I want something, and I'm going to take something. So if we look at the world's definition, the world's love is about self. It's about selfness. It's about how I can be put things with me in the center of it. What am I going to get? What am I going to receive from this relationship? And it may well be that it's kind of portrayed in this, oh, we share this together, but so often it comes back to, it's good for me, and if it's not good for you, then that's your problem. If it's good for both of us, wonderful, but it better be good for me. Secondly, the world defines love in, in that it is centered on feelings. Yes, I had already, I've already had critics about this. Feelingness is not a word, unless you're a preacher, and therefore we make it a word. Feelingness, it's going to get worse before it gets better, so just be prepared. It is about an emotion. If I have an emotional reaction to a new car that I buy, I can say, I love it. If I have an emotional reaction to a new flavor of Bluebell, I will say, I love it. 
Of course, really what I have is emotional reaction to pralines and cream, which is the greatest bluebell flavor that has ever been created. If you want to argue with that, you can, but you're wrong, so that's beside the point. But it's about the feeling that it gives us. And make no mistakes, a lot of those feelings are about the way we physically react to visual stimulus and physical stimulus. Finally, the world's love is centered in the thrill, thrillness. I was a youth minister for many years, and one of the things that you're going to have to do as a youth minister is you're going to need to talk about sex and sexuality. And you're going to need to talk very plainly, because oftentimes they expect you to kind of couch it in, in sort of holy terms, and you have to get real with them, and sometimes... I, I, I had a youth group that liked to groan because they knew when I was going to talk about sexuality, it was going to be personal and it was going to be direct. And so they kind of anticipated that by going, oh. And one of the things that I told them was, is that God designed you in a certain way. That certain things happen and it produces chemicals inside your body, particularly endorphins. And that those endorphins push your heart rate a little bit harder or make your blood flow a little bit better and all these kinds of things. And God designed all that. But don't call that love. Don't get on a date and say, oh, I can feel the chemicals flowing in my body and wonderful things are going on. And when we kiss, the chemicals really flow. And I, I just love that. And therefore, we must be in... We must be in... And I said, what you are in is some form of lust. And by the way, God created those kinds of things to tie a husband and wife together in a unique way such that it doesn't want to be separated for their whole life. God made it that way, but he reserved it for that relationship. Isn't God wonderful? But when we mistake those chemical thrills for love, then we're buying into what the world divine defines love to be. God desires the love of the fellowship to be like the love that Christ showed us. That we are to love one another as Christ loved us. And Christ's love is a physical manifestation. When he was here on the earth, when his body was here with us, he was a physical manifestation of the love that God had shown throughout all time. A love that began with the creation event and a love that is going to continue for all eternity in his new creation. And so, when we want to define love, we don't turn to the world and say, what is love? Particularly when we want to talk about the love that we must share in this one another, in this fellowship. Instead, we turn to Jesus. Because that's where Peter turned, and that's where Paul turned, and that's where John turned, where Luke and Matthew and Mark all turned. If you want to read about love, please don't Google it. Go to the Bible and find it. Because it is the love that Christ manifested in his relationships and interactions with people that reflected the love of God for all of us. So how does God define love? First of all, God's love is withness. 
You remember that creation story? Wonderful creation story. God spoke it all into existence. Or if you go to chapter 2, God takes things and forms it and gets his hands dirty and makes special things in that way. Bottom line is God created it and made it. And then God had wanted to be right there in the middle of it with them. The tragic story of the fall is, is particularly tragic because of the way it's portrayed. Because God comes to the garden. Not for the first time. It's not the way it's portrayed in the text. But God comes to the garden the way he always came to the garden. And they heard his voice and they knew he was there. And they said, we've got to hide. But the reality is God wanted to be with them. And when we talk about the witness of God, we have to say, and look what he did. He poured himself into flesh. Don't ask me how. There's no creation element that is more fantastic and more wonderful than the creation of God who becomes flesh in Jesus Christ. So that he could be with us. Emmanuel is the word that Isaiah would use and that Luke would remind us of. Here is the Emmanuel, God with us. But more than that, God desires to be with us for eternity. And one of the key elements that he talks about the new creation being, not just there'll be no tears and no crying, no more sorrow there. That's not the biggest thing about the new creation. The biggest thing about the new creation is that God will be with us. All the time. We won't need the Son because the S-O-N Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit will be the light. And we will be constantly in His presence and He will constantly be with us. And there should be nothing that thrills you more than that. I've watched some families during this COVID thing. It's been really interesting. The way some of the families have just, it's just the process of being at home together has just opened up new elements of love and care and laughter together and all those kinds of things. And to a certain extent, there's, a, there's a, an ache when we have to go back to being separated more or even maybe most of the day. We just got to spend a week with Drew and Catherine and Landry Joe and Marshall Phillip. Ooh. You want to talk about something hard? The hard part wasn't being with them. The hard part is now that we've left, it's realizing uh, we don't get to have those smiles and those hugs, those interactions. We still have each other, and we're thankful for that. But we don't have, we're not with them. God wants to be with us. His love is about his being with us. And therefore, if we're to be the fellowship, it should be about the desire to be with each other. And while that's a physical reality for those of you who are here, if you're with us on YouTube and the fact that you're watching live, the fact that in a minute we're going to take the Lord's Supper together and you're going to choose to set aside that time and do it with us. And you're going to participate in conversations on Facebook. And you're going, to, you're going to send text messages and emails and maybe even cards and letters to people. You are exhibiting the witness of God's love to one another. Secondly, God's love has always been about being for us. We uh, sing the fun children's song, God's Not Dead. 
felt good. That was almost almost it. God's not dead. He is alive. And then I've, I, I just kind of, you'd adapt things when you like singing. And so God's for us and God's with us. And the answer is yes. You say, God's for me. And I just want to point out real quickly that God didn't have to develop a relationship with Abraham, but God chose to develop a relationship with Abraham because he was for us. He wanted to be involved in our lives and wanted to show us how a person who trusts God can be blessed. And God was for Abraham, and in that same way, he is for us. When God sent down the ten words, the ten instructions, you may call them the ten commandments, from Mount Sinai. This wasn't intended to be some sort of oppressive sort of let me keep my thumb on you. He said, I'm for you. I created you. I want you to know how to live that is in congruence with, which is completely in line with and sympathetic with the way I created you. And not only will it put you in right relationship with me, but it will put you, if you follow them, in right relationship with each other. He did that because he was for us. He sent the prophets because he wasn't going to let Israel just drift off into sinfulness and oblivion. He didn't want his people to do that, so he sent prophets and warned them. Made them do crazy things like take pots and make them and break them. To marry a prostitute and when she runs away to go and buy her back so that she can be back in relationship with him because he wanted to tell them over and over and over, I am for you. I want what's best for you. And if we are to be the fellowship, I'm going to go back to my illustration of Oslin White who said, I'm for you. You may never learn to sing on tune, but I am for you. And the wonderful Juana Cox, who, although I wasn't necessarily perfect in every way, she consistently said, I'm for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to be blessed. I want good things to come to you. God's love is forness. Finally, and this one's the weirdest one of all, we saved it for last. God's love has always been about being unto better things. Unto-ness. That is to say that God's love in Christ wasn't an end that was intended to serve Him. It was an end that was intended to serve us. Unto others. That God's effort to build the church through Christ and lay a foundation on the teaching of the apostles and on the fellowship of those early churches, which we participate even in today, was so that we could be transformed unto the kingdom. So that Christ could say, I'm right there right now in 2020. In the midst of that pandemic, I'm still there because there's a church that I have loved unto the kingdom of God. God loves us so that we can move into and unto more and more Christ-likeness. So that we can be more and more what God would created us to be. Unto wholeness. 
That is to say, the brokenness in the world and the brokenness in our lives breaks no one's heart more than it does God. Because he knows all the good that can be. And he loves us, not not because we've fixed the brokenness, but he loves us to be the fix for our brokenness. It's a church word, and it doesn't always communicate what maybe we want it to or what God wants it to, but he loves us unto holiness. I just want you to think for a minute of what life in the new creation is going to be like. Paul always called the the churches the saints. Very common word. That means holy ones. And while you and I, and I loved the song that you quoted, that that I I don't see it, but God believes it. And if God believes it in me, then guess what? I'm going to hold on to what God believes rather than what I believe. I'm going to hold on to what God says rather than what my heart brings to it. And what I know is that in the new creation, we will be like him. Holy like him. So ultimately, it's about loving one another in the same way that Christ loves us. Loved us and loves us today. Saying it another way, the fellowship is loving one another. If it's going to be like Christ, it's going to be till it hurts. And maybe even even though it hurts. Very quickly, some implications for loving one another. Being God's love. First of all, if you're going to be involved in, in churches at all, you're going to recognize that there is going to be difficult people. I'm one of those difficult people. I'm fairly certain of it. And yet you choose to figure out ways to love me. And the thing is that I want us to all see when we are loving the fellowship that those difficult relationships are always going to be opportunities to grow in Christ-likeness. To be a little more Christ-like because we choose to love even the people in our lives that create difficult relationships. Make no mistakes, for Christ to love me is a difficult relationship for him. He does it freely. He went to the cross. It hurt that much to love a sinner like me. And he did it freely. And I think we need to see our opportunity to love and to work in difficult relationships as an opportunity for Christ-likeness. Secondly, it's being careful in the fellowship particularly, being careful of our responses to the ideas and efforts of others. You may have a picture of how you want something to go and you ask somebody else to do it and and they do it differently than you would and you need to be very careful about how you respond to it. You need to be kind about that. It may not be that you necessarily have to say, oh, that's exactly right because it's not exactly what you wanted. But you better figure out a way to say, I see the creativity that God placed in you in this that you've done. And maybe we can just kind of shape it a little bit in this way. Because very few things will tell people that you are not for them in this congregation than saying, oh goodness, what is this? When you see someone's effort, 
engaged in something, we need to be very careful about the way that we react to it. Because I believe that everyone in this fellowship, when they're asked to do something, particularly for the fellowship, they are doing it with the gifts that the Spirit has given to them. And to a certain extent, if I'm going to criticize them, I'm criticizing the God who gave them the gift. Finally, I'm now going to step on your toes. Never letting non-kingdom things be a source of unkindness or separation. You know what? I know that there are people in this church that are going to vote differently than me. But I'm not going to let that create an unkind word or a separation between us. I know that there are people who see topics of doctrine and theology different than, and, than I do, but I'm never going to let that be something that causes me to be unkind or to create some sort of separation between us, by the way, unless they want to say something like Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh and he didn't die and he wasn't resurrected. We'll have a problem then. But when we let the politics when we let elections, when we let our conversations on Facebook become things that we express unkind ideas, particularly inside this circle, then we are not acting in a Christ-like way. And God calls us to that hard work. Again, the fellowship that Christ calls us to is hard. Like so many things, it is antithetical to the lies that Satan tells us. And it is counter to our fallen human nature. But it is what God had created us all for. And it is central to why he sent Jesus. The invitation today is from Familiar words from Philippians chapter 2, but maybe this part is before the part that you know. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. In reality, do the Spirit a favor. Do Christ a favor. Do God a favor. Agree with love each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself your needs aside and help someone else get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand to one another. It may be that somebody on YouTube, it may be somebody here has been looking for a place for love. And you've looked for it, as the country song says, in all the wrong places. 
there's one place where you'll discover what love is. And while the fellowship of the church should be a representation of that, Christ is the ultimate source of that. Christ as a manifestation of God's love. And if you haven't found Christ, then my guess is you haven't really found love. We're going to sing a song. If you say, I need to find Christ's love in a deeper way in my life, we would be glad to talk with you about that. If you want to join us by, by sending a text and letting us know how we can pray for you or just to start a conversation that we want to continue, the number is there on the screen. Have you found Christ? Have you found love? Let's stand and sing. Angry words, oh, let them never from the tongue unbridled slip. May the heart's best impulse ever check them ere they soil the lip. Love one another, love each other, obey the Father's blessed command. Love one another. Children obey the blessed command. Let our words be sweetly spoken. Let kind thoughts be greatly stirred. Show our love to one another with abundance of kind words. Love one another. As we're waiting for our kids to come back in, uh, this next song is a song we'll sing before the Lord's Supper, um, and I've been leading and singing this song as, you know, a, a lead into the Lord's Supper for 30 years, and until this past Wednesday, never gave the first half of the first verse much thought. It's just the words on the page, and that's what we sung, but David asked me if I knew what those words meant, and I didn't, so I had some homework to do. Uh, but ebon pinion means wings of darkness. And brooded o'er the veil like a mother hen would cover her brood. The wings of darkness covered the area. Christ was suffering. He, he was in a bind. And the rest of the song after that goes, you know, it pulls from Luke 22, it pulls from Isaiah 53, and in Mark 14, all of the suffering and the anguish that Christ was going through, he didn't want it. He asked that it not that he didn't have to go through it. He asked if there was any other way, let the cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And the hopefulness that I find is that what he suffered, he suffered for three days to make sure that we didn't suffer it for eternity.
As we prepare for the Lord's Supper, I have a couple of scriptures I'd like to read. Uh, So in John 15, Jesus says, A greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And then um, Paul later reflects on what Jesus did in Romans 5. And he says, "God God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So a reminder of the extent of God's love to us. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for your love, uh, love that came uh, from you without any uh, leading from us, without any interest from us, that that while we have uh, turned away from you and wanted nothing to do with you, that you reached to us, that you gave your very life for us to restore that relationship. Lord, we thank you for the love of Jesus, the love that you showed through his life here and his giving of his life for us. As we take this bread, let us remember that uh, sacrifice that he made for us. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. If you'll join me again in prayer. Lord, we thank you now for this uh, cup that reminds us of the blood that Jesus shed in giving his very life. Lord, we uh, ask that you would uh, allow it to strengthen us and to further our resolve to live for you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, now that we are children of God, 
and what we, what we will be has not yet been made known. But we will know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Although we won't uh, pass the trays, we'll have a prayer now for the offering. Dear God, we thank you for the ways that you bless us. We thank you for the way you provide for us and take care of us, the, the, the relationships you put us in, uh, the many uh, comforts that we enjoy. Lord, we uh, ask that you would bless our efforts to return to you an offering uh, out of our gratitude to you, out of our obligation to help others. Lord, we ask that you would bless that offering and that you would allow it to be used in a way that would further your kingdom. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. workout <laughs> I'm sitting there going okay I got to get rid of one to get up here to do something so uh, yeah it's hey it's it's great having them it's kind of nice to let them go but then you really really miss them and uh, it hit yesterday whenever Morgan for some reason is just like really attached to Sandy or to Dee Dee and uh, so so whenever she leaves, she cries. Well, as we're walking away, Sandy goes, I, that just breaks my heart. And so here she is. She's crying. And, uh, but they're awesome. <laughs> um, so one thing is make sure we continue our giving and, and uh, the options that you have about giving online or you can mail it to the office uh, or you can put it in the box in the back. Uh, disaster assistance, I, noted, I saw a, um, a, a text or an email that Mike had sent me, and so they're in need of some, some uh, I think it's some uh, materials for helping people uh, work and restore their homes. I'll look at that, I'll send it out, and if uh, we can gather those things here, we can get a group or somebody or just box them up and send it to them. But I know they're fixing to move to a different location um, I did, they did that this week. Um, remember life groups, um, however they are. Some of you meet on Tuesday night. Tonight uh, we meet at 6.15. And uh, so it'll be at our house for our group. So if you don't have a group, you're welcome to, to join us. Also, um, just today is six years that uh, Peter has been with uh, our church. And they're traveling right now. So um, if you don't have his number, go online and you can get it through the uh, lakejackson.org or through our website. But blow his phone up and tell him thank you for being here for six years and the work that he's been doing and, and uh, this anniversary date. So I know it is to this day six years so that he started working here. So let's pray. Let's go to prayer. Our Father, as we come before you, I just want to thank you so much for the freedom we have to be able to come and worship you and, um, and just study your word, and lift praises to you, and just have fellowship. 
uh, I know times are different and uh, we have steadfast to work our ways through this and figure out different ways to continue to have the relationship with each other and the teaching and of your word has continued. Uh, we have a list of, uh, of those who we want to continue praying for. It's Sandra Mullins, uh, Johnny Fallo, Joanne Fallo, Cindy Crest, David Taylor, Deborah Lee, Danny Bice, and Bernice Skinner. I just want to uh, continue to lift uh, these people up to you and, um, and just show the love that they need at this time. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I forgot two things before our closing song, Terry. Um, this is what grandkids do to you. All right, got a couple of cards. Let me read those and then we can stand and, and have our closing song. Dear church family, we can only use the words, wow. We are so grateful for the outpouring of love shown to our entire family, the beautiful spray that was delivered, the countless number of prayers sent for our dead husband and comfort. This is the best church family ever known to man. Love to all the Estes family, Barbara, Leanne, Redonda, and Tanya and their families. Yes, we keep them in our prayers. Another note, dear brothers and sisters, thank you so much for your sweet cards. Um, if y'all don't know about that, on Wednesday nights we have cards that are here at the church. That, and that list of cards is, gotten, is, is long. And so... Um, there's others that are out there who are hurting that we sign and send cards and, and read about uh, every Wednesday night, especially for the prayers for my son, Danny, will be, who will begin the chemo tomorrow in MD Anderson. They will give him a half a dose then Monday and keep, so he goes through and tells us exactly how the, the uh, treatments are going to be. Danny seems uh, reconciled to this and is... And in his optimistic, and just want to keep him in our prayers. Love you all from Betty Stark. All right. Y'all please be standing for our closing song. How sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those that love the delight and love one another this week.